0: Thank you for joining us for Revive the Drive, a ministry of the Bethany Fellowship of Churches. We live in a world where time is a precious commodity. One of the avenues for reviving our souls is the necessary commute to and from the many places our schedules take us. As the wheels of the car begin to turn, join our panel and set the wheels of your mind in motion as you consider the significance and impact of theology on everyday life. Let's listen in as our pastors talk theology.
1: Welcome back to Revive the Drive. I'm Pastor Art Georges, and I'm joined by Pastors Rich Burkle and Daniel Bennett. And it's great to have you again uh, this session as we've begun to talk about the Holy Spirit. uh, We want to explore the convicting work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, There are a lot of phrases that we use in general in life, and one of them is coming under conviction for this circumstance or this issue, and and that can sometimes confuse what we understand when we hear about the convicting work of the Holy Spirit. So men, uh, we want to talk about what the convicting work of the Holy Spirit is both in the world in general, in the life of unbelievers, as well as that ongoing work of conviction that the Holy Spirit has in his ministry to believers in whom he is in dwelling, um, John chapter 16, verses 8 through 11, uh, are uh, one of the more clear passages when Jesus talks about the convicting work of the Holy Spirit. He says to his disciples on that night that he was betrayed, he says, uh, of the Holy Spirit, he says, "...and he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment." concerning sin because they do not believe in me and concerning righteousness because i go to the father and you no longer hold me no longer behold me rather and concerning judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged and so when we talk about the convicting work of the holy spirit how would we characterize that work in the the the, the aspect of salvation and regeneration.
2: Yeah, your question really gets to why why do we need the convicting work of the Holy Spirit? Um, and uh, both uh, before we come to faith in Christ, we need the convicting work of the Holy Spirit, and even after we come to faith in Christ, we need the convicting work of the Holy Spirit. The the passage that you just read in in John, um, of course, is a, is a passage that. I believe speaks to the convicting work of the Holy Spirit prior to conversion, prior to being right. uh, regenerate. But there, the, the the simple reason is, is that our heart is uh, Jeremiah says uh, uh, deceitful above all things, desperately wicked. Who can know it? In other words, we can't even know our own our own heart. So, um, and that's particularly true uh, for an unbeliever. Um, again, there's a danger of the deception of sin for the believer as well, so we need the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit. But, but an unbeliever is completely left in the dark as regards to discerning a right view of their own heart. Um, they look at their, An unbeliever would look at their own heart and not see big problems there. Mm-hmm. And apart from uh, the work of, of the convicting of the Holy Spirit, then we don't even know we have a problem. And if we don't know we have a problem, then we won't turn to any solutions. Um, you know, in some ways, maybe analogy of, of the convicting work of the Holy Spirit is is the uh, work of a of a physician after the tests have been uh, taken and uh, the results are that a person has a specific disease. Uh, well, prior the the person may be feeling great. Um, they they. See no need for surgery, no need for intensive treatment, but uh, the work of the doctor is: I need to communicate truth regarding what's happening inside this person's mm-hmm. body, so that this person will be motivated to take treatment that is uh, very serious and will be perhaps uh, again very, very difficult, humbling to uh, to undergo.
1: All right, that's good.
0: And, and to further that analogy, uh, you're dealing with a patient who is actively working to suppress the truth about their condition. You know, there are things that we know within ourselves and through, uh, you know, external revelation, general revelation, that there is a God. We have an innate sense of our, our need. Uh, and yet, due to our hardness of heart, Romans 1 tells us we're working to suppress the truth. And it would seem from uh, what we see in Scripture as well that. The Holy Spirit's ministry, uh, apart from a, a, an extra supernatural work on his part, we work to suppress that ministry of conviction as well. Uh, and I think that relates to, because of that reality of, of people suppressing the truth about general revelation, about God's, uh, God's character and his call on their life, the fact that the Holy Spirit's ministry is a ministry of conviction uh, affects how we engage with the lost world too. You know, it's, it's not just a matter of showing them enough evidence that there is a God, but it's it's allowing the Holy Spirit to do mm-hmm. his convicting work mm-hmm. in order to, to help us uh, bring people into relationship with, with him.
1: That's good. Uh, Jesus said to Nicodemus in John chapter 3 that uh, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. How does the convicting work of the Holy Spirit uh, bring about that new birth?
2: Yeah, it it humbles a person and and provides them with the fear of God. So if you if you look at that passage in John sixteen uh, more specifically, he says first that when he comes, and again it's a person, he will convict the world. So that's again an em- emphasis that it's not the church or not the believer that he's talking about here sure. in John sixteen. It's the unbelieving world. He will convict uh, the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Um and uh, he says uh, concerning sin because they don't believe in me. So why do we need to be convinced that our sin is uh, such a serious condition? Well, because uh, apart from conviction, we won't believe in him. Um, he says concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and no one sees me. and I-, I believe he's saying that, that I am the representation of the righteousness that God requires. But if once I'm gone, how will they know the standard that is going to be required of them? Well, it's going to be through the Holy Spirit then. It's going to convict the world of righteousness that that Christ revealed. And concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. In other words, how will they know that the judgment to come is absolutely certain? It's inescapable. Um, Well... um, it's going to be through the Holy Spirit, and, and you put all those things together, and it's going to motivate a person to seek recourse in some way to, to uh, attend to this sin uh, that has condemned them, this righteousness that they need, and this judgment that they are going to be facing.
1: Right. I, I think of what Paul said to the men on Mars Hill in Acts 17. He says, Therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance, God is now declaring to men that All everywhere should repent, because he has fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness through a man whom he has appointed, having furnished proof to all men by raising him from the dead. So we have this concept of of sin and judgment and righteousness, um, and, and he's furnished proof through Jesus Christ whom he has raised from the dead.
2: And even the word convict, it's interesting. Where else do we use the word convict in our culture? Uh, well, in a, in a court of law, a criminal is convicted. And, um, and I, I think that's part of the Holy Spirit's meaning in, in this work is, is that he brings to us uh, the truth that we are guilty before God.
1: Right, right. As I think through this, it reminds me of the power of the gospel, because Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. And when we think about that, men, we recognize the desperate need of men everywhere to hear the gospel. Uh, Remember what Paul said in Romans chapter 10? He said, whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved, but... How will they hear unless Mm -hmm. someone is sent? How will they believe unless they have heard? And and, uh, so let's just talk briefly about uh, our responsibility then to proclaim the gospel and uh, the pure gospel, not a soft or a man-centered gospel, when we are doing the work of the Lord. Why is it so important for uh, people to hear about their sin to hear about their unrighteousness to hear about the judgment to come
0: you you touched on the on Romans 1 already about the uh, the, the power of the gospel I'm not, and Paul's lack of shame uh, you, then you, you go through and and you see through uh, the next couple chapters in Romans the the need for righteousness how we all have this need for righteousness and then the provision of righteousness through Jesus Christ and uh, Paul, in Romans 7, struggles with the reality of of still uh, of, of flesh still existing. And in, in verse 1 of Romans 8, he says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God had, has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. Uh, he condemned sin in the flesh, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. Then he says in verse, uh, going down into verse uh, five, uh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. And so th- there you have uh, the the good news of the gospel as it relates to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's convicting word, be- convicting work before conversion and regeneration. Uh, condemns allows people to to see their need as rich said it shows their disease and then as the gospel is proclaimed and they receive it through faith in, in jesus christ they through the work of the holy spirit they now understand that now there's this new law of the spirit and they they have the ability to to no longer be under condemnation but to have the righteous requirement of the law fulfilled in christ and now the ability to to live in the spirit, and so there's still this ongoing, as we've already talked about, this ongoing convicting work of the spirit. But it's not a condemning conviction; it's a, a more joyful conviction of, of here's the right way to live, and here's the ability to live in this way. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, the uh, um, you know, as we think of a criminal being convicted, they they don't apply for pardon until after they're convicted. <laughs> And uh, we will never apply for pardon until after we come to understand that we've been convicted already of of uh, the sin and of failing to meet God's righteous standards, and of uh, the fact that we will face. Uh, the the sh- sure justice of God in His punishment. We often think of this idea of convicting of the, of the work of the Holy Spirit as being kind of a frowning work, mm. um, and there is a sense of of the sternness. And yet, it's, it's not celebratory. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and yet, it, it's also the most loving work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, how right. impoverished we would be if the Holy Spirit didn't lovingly convict us. And and so uh, oftentimes when a person, even a believer thinks of the convicting work of the Spirit, they say, oh, I don't know if, if I want to get too close to that. But uh, we should desire that uh, perhaps more uh, in first, and first as a foundational uh, than any other work, because the other works of the Holy Spirit in our lives uh, really Built are impeded, that. right, are impeded apart from his convicting work. And what a pleasant thing that God loves us enough to convict us.
0: Mm. Well, it's cliche to say, but, you know, you first have to admit you have a problem. Right. It's interesting. Uh, I believe today or yesterday one of our former Illinois governors was released from prison and uh, they, I was listening to a radio, and they're interviewing. We have no uh, dearth of politicians in Illinois who have been in the <laughs> penitentiary right. system, but so they're interviewing others and talking to them. And, and over and over again, it was, yeah, it was great to be to be out. But what kept me going was I knew I was innocent. Mm. <laughs> Four of our last seven governors who've been in jail knew they were innocent. Uh, but you, you, there's kind of a sadness as you hear that because you recognize. Um, you, there hasn't been a real recognition of wrongdoing yet, which is going to impede them not just uh, in, in their social lives, but but in their spiritual lives as well. Yeah.
2: The the most off, awful frown of God really is in Romans one, where He does the opposite of convicting, is He gives people over to their that sin, passive judgment. And of sin, so. and uh, you know when we think of a person becoming convicted about sin, you, you think, Why well, God loves that person. That's the reason why He's mm. engaging Now, the person still can. Can do one of two things with the conviction of the Holy Spirit. So being convicted has no value in and of itself. A person either receives by faith the grace of God or rejects uh, the convicting work of the Holy Spirit and and, uh, ignores it. And, of course, what a tragedy uh, Mm -hmm. to have God love us, to bring our sin to us so that we could be rescued and and then to still uh, choose
1: sin. Yeah. We're in a culture that values tolerance and uh, disvalues uh, truth or a, a an objective moral standard. What place does God's law have in the work of the Holy Spirit yeah. to convict?
2: That's an awesome question because you asked the question, how does the Holy Spirit convict? And, and I suppose the Holy Spirit can use almost any means. He, he could use a dream you know, uh, that we would have at night, a nightmare, and I don't doubt that the Holy Spirit hasn't used all the means uh, that are, are possible. But very clearly, it's underneath the preaching of the Scripture. It's underneath the proclamation of Scripture that the Holy Spirit convicts people mm. of sin, righteousness, and judgment. We, we see this in the book of Acts right away, that the Spirit-empowered preaching caused people to be cut to the heart. Mm. And uh, um, so, so if we as believers in particular – desire more of the convicting work of the Holy Spirit, because we say, I don't want to live in ignorance of the sin that is in my heart. I think we pray. We pray uh, with the psalmist, um, search me, O God, and and know me. See if there's any wicked way in me. Uh, Lead me in the way everlasting. In other words, we want to assume that there is much more wickedness in our hearts than what we are aware. And that's a hard Hard issue for us to come to because we're kind of proud people. I think I think I know myself, and in fact, when somebody else points out a sin, we we kind of you know blow up our chest and say you know I, how dare you. Yeah. Um, but the the healthy believer begins with the assumption I don't know how wicked my own heart is, right. and I need the Holy Spirit to show me. Um, and so we go to the Scriptures knowing that that's the instrument that God uses, but also with our friends. You know, how am I going to convince my unbelieving neighbor um, mm-hmm. that uh, they need a Savior? And, uh, well, it's, it's through the uh, scriptures
1: that the Holy Spirit uh, will bring conviction. Right, right. J.C. Ryle has said in his book on holiness, a true Christian is one who has not only peace of conscience but war within – he may be known by his warfare as well as his peace, and and I believe that what he's referring to there is the convicting, ongoing, convicting work of the Holy Spirit to show us our uh, sin and our need for confession and constant cleansing and uh, renewal uh, in our relationship with our great God. Well, that's just a a, a uh, small sampling of the convicting work of the Holy Spirit. We trust that it's been encouraging to you to know uh, just a portion of the work of the Holy Spirit in us and as well as his work in conversion of souls. Thanks for joining us in this session of Revive the Drive. We'll see you back soon.